HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Kat Johnson here uh, broadcasting live from San Francisco. We're at the Fort Mason Center at the offices of Off the Grid. Um, I'm joined by Lex Scala, head of events of Off the Grid, and Johnny Angeles, the co-founder of Lobster Domus, one of the vendors that you can find at Off the Grid. Welcome to both of you. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, thanks for having us. Awesome. So Lex, can you start by telling us a little bit about Off the Grid? Sure. Uh, we were started in 2010 um, as a, an outlet for the different mobile food vendors in San Francisco. Uh, we currently occupy parks and parking lots and just spaces that normally aren't utilized to create really great experiences for just anyone who wants to enjoy mobile food. Um, we bring together food trucks, pop-ups, um, and different programming to create spaces that people want to bring their families and friends. And tell us a little bit about Off the Grid here at Fort Mason and why this location was chosen. Uh, a long time ago, Matt Cohen, our CEO and founder, uh, spent a lot of time in Japan and really loved ramen and the mobile food scene there. And when he got back to San Francisco and decided that was something he was interested in doing, uh, he found there was a lot of just prohibitive regulation. San Francisco just wasn't ready um, to bring on anything new with food trucks and to really work with establishing markets for them. Um, and Fort Mason Center being on federal land was kind of a perfect opportunity for us to you know, work with federal regulations. And um, yeah, the, this is the beginning of it all was in the parking lot downstairs. And that's what we continue to do every Friday. And what's the season of Off the Grid? Um, well, Off the Grid runs 365, uh, but we have our large destination markets is what we call them. They're our larger design markets at Formison down in the parking lot from March to October. And we have a few others throughout the city that run through about you know the same amount of time. And if people come to Fort Mason Center to check out all the food vendors, um, what can they expect to see, taste, smell? What's a typical Friday like here? Well, that's the fun part. Going into 2019, um, we're still accepting applications for our new dabblers and creators. So um, please, if you, if you know anybody that's ready to branch out to the Bay Area, um, send them to our website. It's www.offthegrid.com forward slash create. Um, so we're hoping to get a bunch of 
amazing creators like Lobster Dom is here to join us for 2019. Um, every year we have over it's 20 to 30 different creators uh, throughout the entire season. We'll rotate through 75 to 100 creators, hopefully this year, um, just bringing new food each week to the Bay Area. Um, we combine it with a DJ or a band or other musical act to you know keep the vibe going. Um, this year, we're really setting up a lovely Asian night market, so we're excited to kind of show off our new space. Um, the new Cuberts that are going to be in the space, which I know no one knows what that is, are our um, modular pop-up. So if you've ever been to the market before, you've, you're used to seeing a lot of tents, and these are beautiful cold prep kitchens uh, that our creators are really excited to get to use. So, so you mentioned the term dabbler. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit more what that means? A dabbler. A dabbler may not be full-time. Maybe they are. Maybe it's the cook that was working in someone else's kitchen with their own kind of creative ideas that they're ready to show to the world. Um, it may be someone who loves cooking in their kitchen, has a full-time job, and they just want to see what it's like to serve food to the masses and see if you know their, their creation is what they think it is. Um, but yeah, the dabbler, I think, can span the, the whole... Um, it, it could be somebody who wants to do it full time or somebody who just wants to play, but that's what we're really trying to, you know, and bring to our market this year. Cause I think there's a really awesome, um, element of creativity, uh, that we haven't seen in the past. Um, so Johnny, I want to ask you a little bit about lobster Domus since you are yes. a great example of someone working with off the grid. Yep. What is lobster Domus? Uh, so lobster Domus was, um, a project I guess that we started as dabblers with myself and my three other partners, uh, Francis, Lonnie, and Ramon. Um, so you know how you used to have, well, during holidays, you would have family parties where Thanksgiving you'd have a turkey, maybe for Christmas you'd have prime rib. Well, us as a family, we would always have lobster. So, and not just regular boiled lobster, we'd always grill them. So one day, because we all kind of have a background in restaurants, in hospitality, we were like, hey, let's try to sell this and see what happens. And luckily for us in Orange County in 2014, people loved us and we kind of decided to build on that. And um, from there, in the last four to five years, we've kind of grown and then um, have opened up not just in Orange County, but in Los Angeles and done events like Smorgasburg and 626 Night Market. And then I've done stuff in New York now with Smorgasburg, New York. And this season, we're super excited to be able to come to San Francisco and work with off the grid and start doing events with off the grid and that's kind of been a dream of mine personally to come up and do stuff in san francisco not only just in san francisco but with off the grid like as a platform for us and and why why off the grid because i, I don't know i started out um in the mobile food industry with uh, roy Choi with the food truck business and um i know off the grid's been around for eight years and I've always loved the city of San Francisco, and I've always been a follower of Off the Grid ever since they began. And I always thought, man, that'd be so cool to just be a part of something like Off the Grid and have them as like our platform to kind of sell something. Um, you don't have a brick and mortar, correct? No, we don't have a brick and mortar. And We're just strictly pop-up. And do you plan to keep it that way for a while, or is a brick and mortar something that you want to work towards? 
Um, you know, most we get that question a lot. Um, it's actually not at all in our plan. We don't have that written in our plan at all, a brick and mortar. We're kind of just having fun with what we're doing right now. Uh, we, I always like to joke around, like, once you open a brick and mortar, and that's real work. But now we're kind of still having fun with what we're doing. So, yeah, not really. Um, so what's, what's it like having a mobile food operation in very different markets? Um, it's been pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. Um, the funny thing is, so selling lobster in Los Angeles, and I think we sell our lobsters at a very fair, reasonable price. Um, we were a little surprised by how, when we went to New York, we thought like, oh, maybe like people might not like us. It's New York. It's, it's a whole different market. But what's interesting is that because in New York, people understand seafood and lobster comes from that side of the country. When they saw our prices and what we served, it was like, great, sure. I'll shell out 20 bucks for a whole lobster. That's a great price. And what we discovered this past summer, and I think because San Francisco understands seafood so well, people here also had the same kind of reaction, like, oh, 20 bucks for a lobster, that's great, like, we'll buy it. We're in, in Los Angeles, it's a little bit different, right? So that's been, like, a huge discovery for us, and that's, like, one of the big, like, I think, like, I don't know, reasons why we actually wanted to come here next was because of people's love and understanding for seafood, and that's been a big difference between, like, L.A., New York, and San Francisco, I think. But you started in L.A., right? Well, we started in L.A. So you started in arguably the harder market for you. Well we, well, we thought it would be the easier, but, yeah, it ended up being harder, like, ironically. Yeah. And what are some of the other challenges with having a mobile business? Um, I mean, there's a lot. Um, logistically, that's always the biggest one. Um, I think having three other partners has been really great because when we opened New York, Francis was able to go out there and kind of run ourselves, run it himself. In Los Angeles, there's me. And then here in San Francisco, I'm probably going to be the one coming up here. So having so many partners has made it so much easier. But logistically, making sure things get, get done, buying equipment, finding, vendor, finding vendors, finding suppliers, that's always, always a big challenge, especially in a new city uh, where none of us have ever lived in. Are there any particular challenges involved with sourcing the lobster itself? Um, yeah, that's that was kind of a challenge before, but I think uh, four or five years into it, we've we've got that pretty locked in. We've got a great supplier here in San Francisco, um, so that's not going to be a problem for us. But not sp- not specifically in lobster. Okay. Uh, what about other ingredients? Yeah, that 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 we found. So in New York, I mean, we're we're spoiled here in California. We've got produce all year round, basically anything you can get, right? In New York, we found that it was a lot more difficult to get stuff that we needed um, just based on season. And, of course, it's a little bit more expensive. So that was one of the challenges we did find. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lex, I was curious if, similar to Johnny, you also have a lot of other vendors that you work with who have the same kind of mindset where... I just want to do mobile. This is my wheelhouse. This is my comfort zone. It's where I want to stay and continue to work with off the grid to do that. Yeah. I mean, we try, we hope that we are not all, all of their business. Like that's never our goal is to be their complete and total business. But at the same time, any exposure that we can give one of our creators, we want to be able to give them. So 
sure. Yeah. We have creators that definitely, this is their niche. You know, this is what they want to do. They'd rather have five trucks, you know, or, or more trucks instead of moving into the brick and mortar end of things. Um, a lot of people aspire for catering business because I mean, that's, there's a lot of money there and everybody needs <laughs> catering and really great food and really interesting food. And I think that's another place that um, just this mobile trend has it been able to break into. Um, it seems like a perfect fit because oh, if you're great. mobile, you can go mm -hmm. cater. And, and if you think about catering, you know, 20 years ago, catering was whatever a hotel's, you know, kitchen could give you. And it was usually banquet style, like buffet style servings. And now, you know, we, you could have a large event and have 10 different creators in your event serving like their authentic food. And it's, it's just a much better experience. I think now do does off the grid have any sort of guidelines about who they will accept as a vendor. So I think, uh, we look at it two ways. So one of the huge benefits about working with us is that we have our own backend software. It, it's so important to us that everyone we're working with is extremely safe. So, you know, if, if you don't have everything you need to operate safely, we don't work with that creator or we work to get that creator to where they need to be so they can work within the platform. Um, so I'm sure I think, Again, 20 years ago, you might be nervous to maybe walk up to a food truck to know whether is this food like, am I good? You know, like, is this going to be OK? And um, now it's like, no, like we bring 25 people, you know, different creators in and every single one of them has had their, you know, inspection and is fire safe and has everything they need to run like a, um, a business. Awesome. And then the other side of that is that no, we get out there. I mean, I love food. We love food. That's why we're here, you know? So we visit, we love going to like, you know, if, if you're having a pop-up somewhere, Johnny, like going to taste your food and like experience that firsthand. We invite people to our HQ or, you know, to our warehouse and we do tastings and everyone here, you know, whatever they're doing for the actual business at the, at the heart of us all, like we really love food. So, um, we all have opinions and, and we do the sign off on our creators. So it's, I don't want to say like not everybody is welcome because everybody is always welcome. Um, but we always want to make sure that, you know, it's a really great creative product that, you know, that we want to show to the world. So, and there's been a lot of reporting and talk around the fact that real estate prices in San Francisco are becoming increasingly prohibitive mm -hmm. for restaurateurs to maintain a business and to make money and to, do business responsibly and pay people fairly. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things to have to worry about when you have a brick and mortar. So with that being said, to question to both of you is, do you think that that is going to push mobile food further faster just because the barrier to entry to non-mobile brick and mortar is so high? I would say that we are hopefully positioned to help people who are, are either breaking into the business or are running into those same kind of prohibitive problems um, by creating, yeah, creating these spaces where people can still, you know, do, live their dream essentially and, and create these um, food experiences for people. I, I don't know. I, I hope that it doesn't continue to rise. I mean, it makes me sad every time I see like an article of like a favorite restaurant that is no longer you know, able to keep going. Um, 
but the goal is obviously to continue giving them spaces like that's why these markets are so great i mean if people want to come out and and you know we we've worked with we worked with Daniel Patterson two years ago um, in that way. He got to try out his Alta Burger concept um, at one of our markets. And it's, it's just, it's a really great thing to be able to give people, you know, their own market exposure and, and be able to kind of do the research without having to do the investment um, so they're not running into that issue. Johnny, what do you think? Especially you're coming from working in different markets. I mean, not that New York and LA have cheap rent, but it's, Absolutely not. I yeah. mean, so what do you think as far as yeah, I mean, across the country? Yeah, I think that's definitely a problem. And when I've said, you know, the reason why we don't want to get into brick and mortar is because it's real work and it's because it really is. And I think um, it's, it's, it's sad. It makes me sad also. And, but, but I think we're in like a very critical time right now with food where people like off the grid have been like so great and offering this platform for us. And I think this is really going to be what pushes a lot of like really young creative people with great food to the future. Where is that going to be in 10 years? I, I don't know. Um, but it's definitely having a huge impact as to like how people like myself are doing business nowadays. And we're actually, I mean, we're just grateful and fortunate that we have companies like off the grid to, to, to really like help us take off in new cities. So if you don't, know where where mobile food or food as a whole will be in 10 years do you have any hopes yeah i mean i i mean we're i think that the community now is as tight as i've ever seen um, especially in the mobile food industry and i know that we're just going to keep continuing to fight and push so my hopes are very very high i don't know where it's going to be but we're going to figure out a way to do it like we always have been able to so do you think uh is one of your goals to expand into more markets? Absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, like LA, New York, San Francisco, and this, this model of, of rent going up is it's going to happen everywhere. So yes, we're planning to push to every other city that we can go to. We're still, we're looking at places like Portland, Austin, um, Nashville, whatever, whatever, wherever we can get into and, and see what happens from there. I mean, we're just having fun sharing our family recipe with like the rest of the world. And we're just glad people like it. You know, do you think that also having a mobile food venture allows you to focus on, like you're saying, a family recipe or a very specific type of food or even a specific dish? I, I assume some of the vendors are basically doing one dish. Um, and does that free you up to not have to? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's it's great that people are only focusing nowadays on one, on, on what they're, whatever it is that they're trying to sell. Um, I think that's pushing quality up a lot when you can focus on one dish and making it as best as possible as, as you can. I think that, you know, the, it's just going to drive competition and market up. And, um, I think it's actually really great that, that that's what a lot of like mobile street vendors do nowadays or it's, pop-up vendors. I don't want to say street vendors, but pop-up vendors. And it seems like it's, uh, almost reminiscent of like, visiting Singapore or exactly. Vietnam or places where it's, you have stall food stalls food and stalls. people are perfecting one dish. Exactly. Cool. Um, Lex, I wanted to ask you about the, um, the mobile, mobile food trends report that off the grid put together. Can you tell us about what information is in that and also why it was important for off the grid to, aggregate all of this data and put out a report? 
We've always known that we were at the front, kind of at the front of the mobile food trend, um, but we wanted to be able to really define it for everyone. I think we kind of all very, we talk about it loosely, but no one really like understands like what mobile food is or like what the impact that mobile food has uh, just on the world in general. Um, so we try to track mobile food. So trucks, you, you said food stalls, um, carts, and trying to figure out, you know, it's culinary creativity, it's modular technology, it's temporary space, right? Um, it's becoming way, it's just not as transactional as delivery. It's that middle zone where you don't have to get dressed up to go to a restaurant and go through, you know, if, if you don't need that experience. And at the same time, you're not sitting at home in your pajamas, like calling for takeout. Mm -hmm. Like it's this like really kind of comfortable middle zone where you guys, you get to really control your own experience. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's just trying to, we were trying to define and, and just let people know like what's happening and like what the trends are that are, are coming up over the next few years and like what has been happening in the past. Um, and we're finding that like 31% of people say um, that launching a mobile food venture, venture means um, they're just wanting to test their business concept um, before investing in it. And that 24% of people view it as an opportunity to stay, stay ahead of any changing trends. So being able to say, you know, um, it's not always about like who's making the best of that same thing that everybody's maybe making in San Francisco, right? It's like being able to like dip down into your heritage and like understanding a family recipe and, and just bringing that to the world, which... I'm totally obsessed with right now. So, <laughs> was there anything in the report that maybe surprised your team that, that you discovered? Um, I felt like we were pretty on path actually with it. Um, it's like our key findings really, it was about transforming underutilized space. I think everyone is just like, you look at a parking lot as an eyesore or this like utility that comes with a building, you know, but. Um, it, it's, it's dead space a lot of the time. So how do we make it somewhere that's like exciting and, um, just using space, um, and really about building the community through the space. I think we talk about what we do with these larger markets, um, these like at Fort Mason center, but I mean, we have them running every single day in our communities and people depend on those as like their food option. You know, we'll park for a community that might also be by a hospital. And like, that's like, that's where everybody comes to eat every night or every night that they're there. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the, the creators really love that aspect. I think there's just this like serious connection with the community, which we all, you know, love and appreciate. Speaking of underutilized spaces, how does off the grid kind of decide what's the next underutilized space that we want to go in and take over and create a market? I think it happens a couple of different ways. I think we get out in the world and we say, hey, it'd be really cool to be, you know, be here, whether it's because it's a food desert or um, it's just like a really awesome, beautiful space. We work with, um, in partnership with the Presidio Trust, that's our other large market during the summer. And I mean, we, we work with them to operate on their grand lawn and who doesn't love sitting on a blanket looking at the Golden Gate Bridge in the bay and in, in being surrounded by food trucks and food, you know? So 
that's kind of the perfect the perfect storm. Um, the other way it happens, I mean, we have a lot of stakeholders, property owners that just they want to bring something exciting to their space, and they reach out to us and. And um, yeah, it, whether it's a couple of food trucks that causes some commotion and offers lunch, um, or we're going in and you know we work with the Oakland Museum um, to kind of aid them. Like we we shut down an entire street in front of their museum, and we support their nightly event and the draw and the. It's been just a super successful event for us. So I think it happens a bunch of different ways. Um, so what are the next? plans coming up for off the grid oh um i mean my focus right now is i just i want this this summer market to, or the summer season to to kill it um we're really just trying to invest uh from the public standpoint we're really just trying to look at our current properties that in our current stakeholders that we work with to see how we can level up what's version 2.0 look like for each of these markets um, that's like a huge goal. Uh, and I mean, we have different business lines that are expanding kind of, you know, in all directions. Qbert is, I'm a, a super early adopter, even company-wide of Qbert. So being able to see all these modular kitchens and lounge spaces and bars and stages all be set up down here every Friday. It's the first time we'll have 25 of them in the space. No, really minimal tents, if any at all. Um, so that's a, a really huge uh, part of our business for 2019. And obviously, we're just always growing um, in catering. And, and our, we have a little bit of a corporate dining program that we've been working on. So yeah, we're, we're just spreading out in all different directions. And it's all about, um, really, how do we get our, our creators out there and, and support the platform? So Awesome. Um, just to wrap up, Lex, can you tell us where folks can learn more about Off the Grid? Uh, just visit our website. It's offthegrid.com. And if you want to apply, put the forward slash create on the end of that. Um, but we have a daily schedule. Our trucks are all over the Bay Area every single day. And our large summer markets will be starting in March and April. So just keep an eye out for us and hope to see you around. And come stand in line with me at Lobster Donis. And Johnny, what about you? How can people learn more about Lobster Domus and find you if they're in New York, LA, or now San Francisco? So best way to find us, uh, we post all the time on our Instagram, which is at Lobster Domus, or on our website at lobsterdomus.com. Super easy. Awesome. Well, Lex and Johnny, thanks for sitting down with me today and talking about what the future of mobile food's going to look like. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Once again, I'm Kat Johnson for this special episode of HRN on Tour from San Francisco. Thanks for listening.